now we're ready for the masterclass on building trust in teams. So we're starting with what is trust and I'm not going to give you a lengthy definition here because I know that you all know what trust is. What I want to do is describe it in simple terms because we know when we have trust and we also know when it's missing. It's what we call an intangible in business. It's very hard to measure trust and it can be something that we take for granted. It's much more obvious when it's missing in team. So what I'm going to show you today is going to focus you on the link between trust, culture and the results your team or organization will achieve and it's going to enable you to build trust deliberately and intentionally in your team. So that's what I want you to come away with at the end of today. And I'm going to focus on three things. I'm going to focus on how to read the signs, so when trust is present and when trust is absent. I'm going to show you why trust is essential in building a high-performing team and a high-performing workplace. And I'm going to show you how to skillfully and deliberately build trust so that you don't leave it to chance because so many people do leave it to chance. So here we go with our what is trust and as I said I'm not going to go into a lengthy definition here but basically when we've got high trust in a team we have high levels of confidence. I wonder if you can relate to that. So it means high levels of confidence or people feel safe. So when you trust people you have confidence in them. You have confidence in their integrity and their abilities and you feel safe. I want you to think now for a minute about a person with whom you have high trust. So this might be a friend or family member, it could be a colleague or one of your team members. And I want you to describe this relationship to yourself. What does it feel like? How well do you communicate? What's your level of ease or enjoyment around this person? Now having done that, can you sense the value of trust? there in that relationship. Now the opposite of trust when we have low trust or distrust we get suspicion. So when we distrust people we're suspicious of them, we're suspicious of their intentions and of their capabilities and we tend to be on guard and cautious when we're dealing with them and we're looking for evidence of their untrustworthiness. So I want you to think now about a person with whom you've had or have low trust. This could be anyone from your personal or professional life. Describe this relationship to yourself. What does it feel like? How well do you communicate? What's your level of ease or enjoyment around this person? What does this relationship do to your energy? Can you sense the value of trust or the, the lack of trust there and what that does to the relationship? So relationships of all kinds are built upon and sustained by trust and they can be broken and destroyed by a lack of trust and organizations can be broken by a lack of trust. So when trust is low we protect ourselves from each other. We spend a lot of time and effort doing this which inherently weakens the team and the organization. So it's important that you can read the signs. Just how do you know when trust is low or when trust is high? Because there are varying degrees of trust. It's not an all or nothing thing. It's a dynamic thing. 
it's something that can change it's going to change as different members come in and out of your team and it's really important to know that you can create trust in your team you do know how to do it but sometimes it's unconscious we need to make it conscious and deliberate and as a leader you need to be able to read the signs and respond in a skillful and deliberate way so let's have a look at what some of the signs might be. Let's have a look at the signs of low trust. And we'll start with the signs at an organizational level. And very often when we're dealing with organizations, we're dealing with history as well. So it's being aware that some of these things might be from the past, but they, they're a legacy there. So we tend to see a dysfunctional environment when there's low trust. We see things like a toxic culture in an organization. We can see things like sabotage, where people rot the system, or even theft. You know, they don't have any conscience about stealing things from an organization they don't trust. We can see a, a pattern of grievances. This is not just about one grievance, but it's more about a pattern of them, or things escalating to grievance or formal very quickly. We can see militant stakeholders in the organization where there's a bit of un industrial unrest and it's like a them against us kind of environment. We see things like high staff turnover and absenteeism and we can see low levels of employee engagement as well at an organizational level. And in a team what we might see is competitiveness but it's not a healthy competitive it's a it's us against them or me against you or I'm going to beat you it's not working together it's really competing against each other there's a bit of backstabbing there can be a lot of time wasting particularly when you're not there and there can be high levels of stress and worrying and frequent mistakes and often when there's a leader that's micromanaging or controlling we have low trust as well there can be a lot of defensiveness and guarded communication and destructive conflict where grudges are held and these kind of build into sort of a resistance and resentment in the team so when you see a list like that it's not hard to realize how a team or organization is weakened by low trust have you had an experience of working in a team with low trust? Think about that for a moment. Can you relate to some of those signs? And can you see any of those in your team or organization right now? Because this is the type of sign you'd want to respond to and do something about it. So let's have a look at the signs of high trust. What do we see when there's high trust in an organization? We see high levels of employee engagement. We see high levels of productivity. And we see people with a sense of purpose and connection. And people are connected to the, the organization. They're connected to the vision of the organization. They're connected to the values and the brand. And the environment is uplifting. And there are high levels of collaboration and partnering. And their focus is on solutions and results and the work itself. And in a team, we see close relationships. People get along well people admit mistakes and they learn from them and there's an acceptance of difference in the team there's a tolerance of difference as well people ask questions and they offer suggestions freely people support each other willingly information is shared freely it's not withheld so when people are saying, I can help you with this, I've got this information or sharing freely, we've got high trust. And there's confidence, people feel confidence. 
There are communication flows. It flows easily backwards and forwards between people and between different divisions even. And there's honesty and enthusiasm and positivity. So people will admit their mistakes and things like that. That's what you want to see in your, your teams. So have you had the experience of working in a team with high trust? Perhaps you've got that now. So can you relate to some of those signs? And can you see how trust plays an important role in strengthening your team or organization? So let's have a look at why trust is essential to build a high-performing team. And I want to use Patrick Lencioni's work here. I use his model a lot in a program I run on building high-performing teams. And his book is called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, if those of you, um, any readers out there who like, it's an easy read, it's a good book. Now Patrick Lencioni states that trust is the foundation of a high-performing team. And without trust, you won't get the attention on results. So his model comes in a pyramid form with these five layers and he says that each layer is dependent on the one below it. So what happens in a team if we're not getting results is that's where we tend to focus our attention. We tend to focus our attention on the results which is at the top of the pyramid. It's where we want to get to. Lencioni says if you're not getting the results you need to look at what's going on in terms of accountability. Because chances are if you're not getting the results, there'll be something around accountability. Are people being accountable? Do you have systems for accountability? Is there a high level of feedback happening? So people are getting feedback about what's working, what's not working, and that sense of accountability is important. And if you haven't got accountability, you might need to look at the level below, which is commitment. Are people committed? That's very important. There's a big difference between commitment and compliance. So when we look at commitment, we're talking about ownership and buy-in. And to get commitment, people need to have an opportunity to have some input. They need to be heard. And if we don't get commitment, chances are we're not having enough what we call constructive conflict. It's not destructive conflict, it's constructive conflict. It's about robust discussions. It's where people can put their ideas on the table, people can disagree, grudges aren't held, people can have those open, robust discussions. This is very important for getting commitment. It's very important for your results as well that you can have those conversations. And you don't have those conversations if trust is low. This is when people will protect themselves. Because whenever there's conflict, even when it's constructive conflict, there are emotions involved. And that's when people start to protect themselves. If the emotions come in and there's no trust, they're not going to be safe. They're not going to feel safe to put their ideas on the table, particularly if there's a sort of a punishing kind of environment there. The important thing to remember is teams do not build themselves. We put a group of people together as a team and we say, there you go, you're a team. Behave like a team. Work like a team. It does not work like that. Teams need to be developed. And the leadership role is very important in developing the team. So let's look at how to build trust. We'll start with a bit of an understanding about our instincts and our survival mechanisms here. Because we do all know how to build trust. It's essential for our survival to be able to build trust with other human beings. So we need to understand how it works. First of all, trust is a feeling. It's not an instruction. So you can't say to someone, you must trust me or you must trust them and expect people to follow that instruction. They won't. They'll only feel that trust if they feel safe. Because our ability to come to trust people comes from our survival instincts. 
we are hardwired to connect with other people, particularly people in our tribe, which is our family or our team at work. But we are constantly on the lookout for danger. Remember that we're constantly classifying the environment around us. Is it safe? Are these people friends or foe? Are they enemy? It comes from when we lived out in the wilds, you know, 50,000 years ago. The world was working against us. There was all sorts of danger out there. And we clustered together in tribes and that's how we evolved as a species. We became safe. Our tribe became our circle of safety. We worked together. And all sorts of benefits came from these connections. For example, we could fall asleep at night knowing someone was watching over us. So that sense of team and sense of connection and sense of safety and confidence is very important and our hard wiring in our brain is probably working against us a lot of the time in relation to trust. It's important to understand that. So this is why we need to look at our skills and our behaviours and elements of our character to know how to build trust in a deliberate and intentional way. Remember you don't want to leave it to chance or to your instinctive patterning because that is likely to work against you. And it is a combination of skill and character. And it starts with self-trust. So trust starts with our level of self-trust. We all have our own patterning about trust that's come from our life experiences. And it's very important to be aware of this because this is what we bring into our relationships at home and at work. So it's that sense of, do I trust myself? And this comes from keeping your word to yourself. It comes from believing in yourself, knowing what your strengths are, and knowing that we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses, and believing in yourself. It also comes from following through with your goals. I want you to be careful about how many times you say you're going to do something and then not doing that. Don't say you're going to do it if you're not. Don't get into the habit of doing that because that can break your self-trust. Self-trust is very important. I want you to treat yourself with as much love and respect as you would someone else. This is very important for self-trust. The next thing is self-awareness and you know how valuable this is. I've talked to you a lot about this in the Great Managers program and how essential this skill is. To build trust, you need to be self-aware. You need to know yourself. You need to be tuned in to yourself and others. If you're not tuned in, you're not going to be aware of how other people are experiencing you. Are you being authentic? Are you tuning in to your intentions? That sort of thing. Trust also comes from your values. Are you living your values? Values like respect and integrity are essential for trust. So remember, we're always classifying the environment. Is this person friend or foe? And when we're living our values, we tend to be congruent. So people are more likely to trust us. So are you living your values? Are you clear on your values? You want to be someone that other people can trust, and that will help with that. The next skill of self-management is essential as well. This is about emotions and managing emotions. And if you're not managing your emotions, you can be creating an environment that's not safe for people. So it's being able to respond to situations rather than react. And it also means allowing yourself to be vulnerable. Patrick Lencioni talks about this in his book, how trust means we can allow ourselves to be vulnerable and not 
get those instinctive patterning kicking in and taking us out. There's always a little bit of risk associated with trust and knowing that that feeling of vulnerability will kick in, it's normal, and being able to override that instinctive reaction. There's an understanding here that out-of-control emotions destroy trust for yourself and for others. And the other important thing here is that it's that little bit of risk-taking that you've actually got to give trust to get trust. That's a very important part of being a leader. You have to give trust to get trust. If you're waiting for people to prove themselves trustworthy, you're actually looking for ways not to trust them because of the way our brains classify. Threat is our default, remember. So remember, emotions are contagious and your emotional tone will set the tone for the team. The next part of building trust is your quality communication. It's about sending clear messages, making sure that your messages are understood and listening attentively, listening with the intent to understand. It's also about congruency, that, that your verbal and non-verbal messages are lined up. Being aware of what you're doing with your facial expressions and your gestures and things like that, very important. And being able to talk straight in a skillful way. It's about being able to give honest feedback and coming from the place of helping people grow rather than being punitive or punishing in your approach. And I'm working in an organization at the moment where their, their environment is very punishing. So people are very defensive and, and they're not aware of this. It's part of the environment there that's been created. So there's a bit of work to do there to override that as well. So trust involves interpersonal engagement. It's about connection and relatedness. And then as a leader, you must role model trust. It's very important that you step into your leadership. Your team wants you to lead. They're looking for you to lead. So it sets clear expectations for the team about results and about behaviors, about your standards in the team, what you expect. Be clear and open about this. And make sure you right any wrongs. Don't let things escalate. Don't let things fester. Don't tolerate behaviors that go against your values or your code of conduct. That's very important for trust. People are watching what you do. You're on show as the leader. So it's very important that you behave respectfully. You know, you've heard the expression, walk the talk. It's also important around results that you're delivering results because if you don't, they won't. It's important that you're encouraging learning and improvement. So if people aren't making the, the grade or to your standards, like what's next? How do we move? It's that learning approach, that continuous improvement approach. It's important that you keep your commitments. Very important. And if you can't keep them, you're communicating with people. You're practicing accountability. You're setting up systems for accountability. This is about your reputation and your track record. That is a very important element of trust in your teams. I want you to be a person of credibility, and I know you are, I know you can be, but it's about being conscious about that as well, thinking about what you're doing there. So let's look at some simple trust builders you can do in your team. First thing I recommend is that you get to know each other in the team know each other as human beings. and You can do this through team exercises, you can do it through training, you can do it through sharing personal histories at your team meetings, that sort of thing. You can use the Myers-Briggs that you've done in the program, the MBTI, to get to know each other as well. You need to give trust to get trust, that's very important. You need to do what you say you will. Breaking in trust comes from disappointment. You need to be timely. 
You need to share your thoughts and feelings in an, in an appropriate way, something in an appropriate way for the workplace or for the environment that you're working in. Be honest and authentic. Talk to each other regularly. Don't rely on emails or texts all the time. Just talk to each other person to person. Very important. Ask good questions and test assumptions. Check for understanding, remember. Don't just assume things. Solve problems through direct communication at the lowest equivalent level. Now this means dealing with things directly where they're happening, not letting things escalate. So this is where we start to get problems. So if you've got an issue with one of your team members, deal with it directly. If you've got an issue with a peer, deal with it directly. If you've got an issue with your manager yourself, deal with it directly. Don't go over their head or let things escalate. They're so much more easily fixed when they're dealt with at that direct level there. Give credit where credit is due and willingly apologize to one another. This is one of the easiest ways to rebuild a connection with someone. And it's not saying I was wrong, it's saying I'm sorry this has happened. Or if, if you were wrong, admit to it and it will diffuse the situation very quickly. And demonstrate humility as a leader, it's very important. Now here are some trust breakers, don't do these things. Don't talk about other team members behind their backs. It's very important as a leader that you do not do that in your teams. And don't tolerate this in your teams. This will break trust. Because even though people participate in those conversations, they're often thinking, ooh, this doesn't feel good. I wonder if they're talking about me like this when I'm not here. Don't break agreements without communicating with the other person. So if you've got a commitment with someone and you can't make it, which often happens to us, it's normal part of life, make sure you've communicated the reason why. Don't say you've done something when you haven't. This will break trust. And don't communicate harshly or rudely. This is why that skill of self-management is so important. It will break trust. It's so much more easy to use your skill of self-management than just give in to a bad mood or something like that. Don't spread rumors. Whatever you do as a leader, don't get involved in that in your organization. It's a very important part of trust building. Don't hold back praise or recognition. If you think something, you know, if you notice something's done well, speak it. Give that feedback regularly. And don't take bad hair days out on others, thinking, oh, it won't matter if I just do it on one day, it will. So allowing that frustration to creep out, whether that's through your verbal or nonverbal communication. And don't think you have to know everything as a leader in a team. You don't. And don't bypass people. So sometimes you need to talk to someone who might be a level below you who's got another supervisor. Let them know. Let the other supervisor know that you're doing that because that will break trust. So I hope you can apply some of those things in your team pretty well straight away. Trust is essential to building a high-performing team. There is no getting around this. Trust brings out the best in people and creates a healthy, positive and productive environment. And while it's true that a few people might abuse this trust, the vast majority of people do not abuse it. They value it and they flourish because of it. It's very important that we don't move to not trusting anyone because of the sting from a few bad experiences in our life. So trust is all about the connection. It's all about us. So you know what to do now. You can establish trust. You can grow it. It does take time and it needs deliberate effort. And as people come in and out of your team, you will need to go back to building those connections between people. Your great manager skills are exactly what you need to inspire trust in your teams. So start by giving trust 
and you can do this whenever you're ready. How about today? I want to finish our masterclass today with a quote from a guy called Phil Jackson who's a famous basketball coach from the US. He said that good teams become great ones when the members trust each other enough to surrender the me for the we. It's a quote that I really like. So I hope there's some valuable things there for you from today's masterclass on building trust and you'll take those away and apply them in your teams. So we're going to move to question time now.